On this week's episode of Tattletale, our guest is Alex Picard. We talk about Alex's New York and Baltimore upbringings as well as how he found one of the loves of his life, skateboarding. We talk about the wide range of tattoos Alex has from commemorating the loss of a close friend to radical crew tats to Sailor Jerry shrimp tattoos as well as the effects of marijuana use in tattooing. That's at me about it. Our next guest is Alex Picard. Alex, welcome to Tattletale. Thank you for having me. Please tell the people a little about Alex. All right. So my name is Alexi Picard. I usually go by Alex because Alexi is spelled Alexis in America. I always got Alexis as a kid. I fucking hated it and, you know, just wanted to kind of distinguish myself. But as I'm getting older and more comfortable with who I am, I'm like, yo, I need to own that again. So I might need to start like being like, yo, I'm Alexi actually, even though like most people know me as Bosco and definitely a more memorable name than Alex or Alexi. There's plenty of those out there. So I, I've been running that one for, for a while. What is the background of Alexi? (laughs) Of Alexi? So my parents are both French. Uh, They immigrated here in the Mm seventies to New York City and I was born there. And I am named after a surgeon uh, called Alexi Carrel, who I, I don't know exactly what he invented, but he, my dad's a surgeon. And when he was in medical school, this was like his, you know, OG, like not a person he knew, but somebody that he respected and I guess read a lot about. And I'm named after this dude who's like a, a French, like pioneer of surgery to some effect. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah. Super random. That's right. Okay. And then where does Bosco come from? So Bosco is really silly. I was at a party about, I want to say probably 2004 or five ish. Um, and this kid, Brett Nelson, who I fuck, I have not seen in a long time, definitely fell off with, but a good homie at the time. Mm-hmm. He was not high, not drunk. He was like the sober dude of the crew at the time. Me and a bunch of homies were at a loft party in Brooklyn, standing around, just all talking shit. And he just like taps me on the chest and he's like, dude, you're fucking Bosco, man. <laughs> and everyone present was like, yeah, you know, yeah, that's, that's, you are, you're Bosco, man. And like for the rest of that evening, people would, you know, or at least the people that got in on that would be like, Bosco, like across the party. Yeah. And I, you know, in my drunken and high state was like, yeah, what's up? And <laughs> I distinctly remember a couple days later, I was at Tompkins Square Park, which is where I used to spend most of my time skating in my, you know, when I was not working or anything in the city. And I remember my buddy Rob at the time was on the phone with another friend, you know, like being like, oh, where are you at? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I'm with this, I'm with that, I'm with Bosco. And they're like, who? And you're like, you know, Alex. And I remember just kind of that being like the starting point of when it was starting to stick. Mm-hmm. And definitely around that time was when I started really going to bars and like trying to meet girls and stuff. Yeah. And like, dude, when you're in a nightclub or in a bar loud, like, and the, you know, what's more memorable, Alex or Bosco? Yeah, like, that's a usually, slick name. Exactly. Usually when I'd say it, like girls would ever be like, that's not your name. You're not Bosco. <laughs> like whatever. And so it just kind of became a thing. And people you know got to know me by that and then i just stuck just with stuck. it yeah that's tight and it was probably the first nickname i ever got that i actually like didn't bother me or offended because when i was a teenager i worked at a skate shop and you know being the french kid i'm also like i'm pretty like well to do i've come from a good background obviously like i said my dad's a surgeon so yeah. been in private school my whole life mm-hmm. i never really wanted for anything you know like my parents are both pretty high class folks yeah. and you know, given the subject of the show, like I am such a divergence from like my background in a lot of ways. Right. 
so whatever. So I'm like the, you know, kind of rich kid from the suburbs that would drive into the city every day to go work at the shop that I was like very enamored with at the time. The owner of the shop, this guy, Ed Fickert, who's still like my older brother, like seriously, like family, you know, brother from another mother. Mm -hmm. This dude looked out for me heavy. He, I used to hang out there all the time and he hired me like by putting a post-it note on my back one day while I was watching video that was like, do you want a job? Which kind of set off like me getting in with an older crowd. But nonetheless, those dudes would obviously tease me a lot. (laughs) And as the young kid that worked in the shop, I don't have any siblings. I'm not used to like the kind of exchange of maybe like an older brother vibe at the time. So I used to take all that shit to heart and they would call me Frenchie. And at one point, one dude used to call me Snagglepuss, like the, like Hanna-Barbera, like, Hey, exit stage left even. Like, I don't even know why they decided I was this thing, but you know, whatever. I got all these nicknames and I hated all of it. And it took me a while to get that they were razzing me because they liked me and you know, whatever. So that was definitely like the growing pains, but also, you know, coming up under a bunch of dudes in the mid late nineties who are like graph dudes, you know, tough skaters, like definitely like a world that I don't come from. You know, my parents are both these like pretty well-to-do French people. Mm -hmm. Like my dad played tennis and rode horseback, you know? So for me to skate and to get into graph and tattoos like definitely was like a tough pill to swallow for them for a while Um, obviously it's come full circle and you know these things have led me to my career so they they get it now but it you know we butted heads for a minute over that shit so that this was pre-tattooed boss oh yeah okay oh yeah i didn't get tattoos until i moved back to new york to go to college which just to go full circle Mm -hmm. born in new york Went to like the Lycée Francais, like to a French school on the French system. My first language is French. Mm-hmm. Lived in the city in Manhattan, in Soho, no less. Like, again, pretty well off for the time. Like, my parents were cool cats hanging out at Studio 54 and shit. Yeah. You know, I went to grade school with like Julian Schnabel's kids, which obviously means nothing to me. I don't remember it, yeah. but th- this is like the type of crowd that they were running mm-hmm. with. And we moved to Baltimore when I was nine years old, which I was hated that was like a really tough experience for me mm-hmm. you know leaving everything I knew I was pretty comfortable in my grade school I, yeah. I had a lot of friends for as small of a thing it was maybe I could even if I remember it correctly I would even have considered myself a bit popular like amongst the the class mm-hmm. moved to Baltimore American private school this is like lacrosse like Jeep Wrangler fucking Dave Matthews type of kids right yeah <sighs> like I don't what do I do here you know I I was not with it it took me a while to kind of get my footing like I definitely tried to assimilate and that was definitely a time when like I really went to Alex and I really like tried to be American like Mm -hmm. I I was kind of like I don't want to be French anymore I don't want to have anything to do with this shit because I want to fit in with these people and and that was like you know definitely a tough one for me anyway not to go too deep into my childhood moved to Baltimore didn't like it at first, but you know, whatever you find your way after a time. And when I first moved there, I was into racing BMX and I got introduced to a kid who raced BMX. So he put me on and we would go to the track and race on Sundays. Mm -hmm. And then after a couple years of that, by the time we were probably like 11 or 12, I came over to his house to pick him up for like a school dance and he was skating in the driveway. He was just doing ollies like in, you know, standing still, like trying to learn him. And I'm like, yo, like, you have a skateboard i want to skate like fuck the bike like you know like whatever so saved up a little money got myself a skate deck 
got to it and like that was it so yeah yeah. skateboarding took over my life like definitely became my main thing which led me to work in the shop led me to be around like there was a tattoo shop down the street from the skate shop Mm -hmm. so dudes from the tattoo shop were chummy with my boss they would come hang out so i was like slowly getting into this world and like being introduced to these type of of people and Mm -hmm. the the tattoo shop had a gallery i remember and um, Dalek had an art show there, if you remember the artists with the space monkeys and stuff. Mm-hmm. And once skating took hold and once I started seeing the tattoo shop and going, there was a record store next door. So like getting exposed to different types of music and seeing that Dalek show, I remember being like, yo, like I'm, I'm fucking with these characters. Like this, there's graph, there's, I don't know. It, it like definitely did something for me. And I remember that summer I went to summer camp and like kind of got hard back into illustration so obviously the love of like the art on the skateboards, all these things are culminating into like a thing, you know, and I think in general, like skaters, tattooers, you know, graffiti heads, like hip hop heads, like that shit's all the same type of person, even though if you don't get into all of them or you only did one, like it's, it's a mentality, you know, motorcycles, I think all those types of things attract the, a similar type of dude or girl and, you know. So uh, the skate, working in the skate shop, that was all during college or high school. High school? Okay. I worked in there partly in college, like one because I, so I moved back to New York to go to Parsons. At first, when I was in college, I kind of also wanted to be involved in the art school bit. So I was making an effort to not hang out with just skaters and like go hang out with the kids that like just freestyled in their dorm or like played music. Like two of my roommates were musicians, so I kind of got put onto jazz more and stuff that I wasn't that familiar with at the time. Mm-hmm. And whatever, in the span of that, with those dudes, the one homie that I met was like, yo, I want to get a tattoo. Like, we're 18. We can do that shit now. And I'm like, yo, you're right. Like, let's let's go. And he's like, what are you going to get? And I was like, hmm, I don't know. I'm going to get the logo of the skate shop. Like, so my homie, this dude Conrad, who was like just a young graphic designer uh-huh. who used to hang at the skate shop, who was graffiti buddies and skate homies with my boss, designed this logo that I have on the inside of my arm here. So it's kind of this like sickle like kind of circular shape uh-huh. like almost looks like sonic the hedgehog spinning or I, you know yeah i'm not sure how to describe it but this used to be like a, a graphic that he did on one of our t-shirts it i kind of wish i had gotten like the word mark of the shop which was done in the same font font as like the beat nuts if you remember that yeah. rap group yeah it was that same kind of font i wish i would have gotten the whole thing but i was, don't know was the name of the shop it was called select select okay and um you know, whatever. I didn't do that because I didn't want to be like too, uh, like straight up. I thought my boss would clown me. Yeah. But that was my first tat. Obviously, yeah. Pretty small, but nothing on crazy arm. on the inside of my arm. Mm-hmm. I got it from a dude called Joe Truck. That was his like tattoo name at Andromeda on uh, St. Mark's Place, which is actually a pretty legendary tattoo shop. Mm-hmm. I came to find out. I don't know if it's still going. It, it probably is, but it's definitely like a real like walk in, like churn and burn street shop that. Yeah that's been around I think since either like the late 70s or early 80s because tattooing was illegal in New York for a long time mm-hmm. it I think it only got legalized again in like the late 70s or early 80s it, it yeah there was like a point where all that shit was totally underground like outlaw shit and yeah. like you had to go to like a dude's apartment or like somewhere deep in Queens or some shit like it wasn't like walk-in culture the way it is now where yeah. fucking you can go pick whatever you want whenever you want right so how long in between that and the next one Probably like almost a year. Okay, so you waited a minute. Yeah, definitely. I wasn't like, 
it like as much as I you know I was like all right I got a tattoo like I'm down you know whatever I I, I get it you think you know, obviously at that age you think you fucking know everything once you've done one thing once whether it's fucking trying a drug or t- learning a trick or getting laid or whatever it is you're like you know I know what's good yeah. and you know I definitely <laughs> held myself in high regard because I spent most of my teenage years hanging out with dudes that were like ten years older than me and kind of just like took me under their wing and shit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, it took me a while. Like, I didn't really want to get like sleeved up. I was very not into like traditional Americana or like roses, any of that shit that now I'm like That's, have a bunch of yeah. and like you know have come to appreciate because I'm a little bit more educated on like where tattooing has come in America. But right. regardless, I waited for a while, and at the time, I was fully like getting into graffiti and like doing fucking dumb kid shit and. And uh, I was super into Dondi at the time, like Dondi White, who's, you know, arguably one of the godfathers of wild style graffiti letters and a dude who really like pushed the art form beyond just like, you know, tagging trains or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was super into this character. Like he had done just, you know, some of his pieces in his book that weren't like graffiti pieces on the wall, but were more like collages and, and like a character with like a piece of graph paper and like a little character and some, you know, like definitely leaning them more towards some fine art stuff. He had a D that was, I really liked. It was just like, you know, a really angular D with two arrows perpendicular coming out of one side. And I just was like, I like that look like it. I don't know. It just did something for me. So I tried to turn that into an A for Alex, mm-hmm. which I have on the back of my arm here. And, I drew it, which mm-hmm. in hindsight I really regret. I would have, I should have gotten like my boss, who was actually a dope graffiti writer. Yeah, shout out to Sect, um, <laughs> uh, to do it for me because he would have actually given it like some proper style and like, I don't know. It's just it, it's still pretty close to the D mm-hmm. that I referenced. Yeah, but I don't know. It it could be better. And you know, again in hindsight, that's on like a really great spot for a nice tattoo. And I, I wish I didn't just have like a black solid thing. But whatever you live in, you learn, you know? Mm, totally. Um so yeah, that was number two. And then number three came up uh, I wanna say again, probably like a year later, uh, which was this these four stars here with the one missing. So uh in high school I did not have many friends. I had three good homies in my class that I actually fucked with besides the the skate people outside of school. Uh, one of whom this kid, Jason, who, you know, I used to go to concerts with like one of the first kids I started getting high with and like just learning about music and, and partying and whatever, unfortunately died in a car crash. And, um, I remember I was in class at college at Parsons and I'm getting phone calls like crazy from my homie Garrett, who's one of the, the four of us. And, uh, you know, I'm like, denying the call I'm like what are you doing dude it's fucking you know 10 in the morning I'm in class yeah so I answer the phone finally when I get out of there I'm like yo what's up man like what are you what's going on and he's just in tears freaking out and it turned out that our homie had crashed his car so whatever immediately like I'm on the train back home all of us had you know we're in college in respective places on the east coast we all got back to the house like fucking that night mm-hmm. And the next day we were just all like hanging out, just, you know, kind of consoling each other. And I was like, yo, let's go get a tattoo. And again, my two friends that I got with didn't have any tattoos. And I bet you don't have any more to this day because that just wasn't their vibe. But Mm -hmm. we all kind of settled on this idea of like just four stars, one one blanked out because he's not around no more. So that was that. And yeah, again, kind of like left it alone for a few years. Like it wasn't a thing where I was like, all right, I'm getting tatted now. Like I want to yeah. get sleeved up. Like I I kind of didn't want to for a minute. Yeah. Um, 
but again at the time i was like graph head and i was super into like backpack rap and like fucking def jooks and like company flow and cannibal ox and and talib quali and all these mm-hmm. you know that that type of shit and i had started toying with the idea of getting like a japanese like quarter sleeve and i wanted to get like a ram because i'm an aries whatever mm-hmm. but i had like some fucking vision in my head and it was gonna be riffing on like the canox album cover and some other stuff but I never pulled the trigger and fucking thank God. Cause in <laughs> hindsight, I'm like, what the fuck? Like I, like I can still kind of see in my head what I was thinking, but I'm like, nah, fam, that would have been, it would have been so like of that era, which I, you know, in some respects is rad about tattoos, but yeah. in others I'm like, yeah. like I'm, yeah, I dodged that one like a motherfucker. Um, I think the next one I, is, was this Alphonse Mucha piece. Oh. So in college I went to fucking Czech Republic to visit a homie. I'm just, I'm pausing now because I think Jeremiah has the same exact piece. On yeah, his cap. actually, we've we've like <laughs> so I've known Jeremiah for a long time, and we like realized that somewhere along the way. Of, I I don't know if I had it when I first met him or not, but yeah. I must have because we've definitely connected on that. And yeah, we freaked out. I we're love like, that. Yo, That's like, okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, no worries. <laughs> so yeah, I had a good buddy of mine that I used to skate with in high school. Went to did like an exchange program in Czech Republic. Yeah, me and my homegirl Katie that knew him decided for spring break we're gonna go visit him and you know do a little euro tour go to amsterdam for the first time blah mm-hmm. blah blah and when we went to czech republic there's that's where alphonse Mucha's from so he's kind of like the god of art nouveau for those of you who don't know look it up that shit is incredibly beautiful and very you know of the 1920s but i just like went to the alphonse Mucha museum and i was like yo like you know, like you know, you're in art school, so anytime you get put onto like an art movement, you think you fucking <laughs> really learned some shit, and you're gonna like you know sun people on your references and stuff. And I think also I was getting pretty into the art of Sam Flores, if you remember that dude who's like upper playground, like you know, kind of SF. Yes. Like yeah. again, graph. I was super into Mike Giant, who's like the, I'm pretty sure those dudes are homies. Like this is all like twist. You know, all these kind of SF uh, mission school people are like touching where I'm trying to be at in my in my artwork like this is definitely all the stuff I was riffing on and I know Sam Flores was referencing Muka pretty heavily so I think I probably made that connection if I didn't read it in like juxtapose or something (laughs) and like was super about that and found tried to find myself like the most obscure one of his girls which you know I'm love the ladies love beautiful women you know which can mean something to everybody but whatever like I just wanted like a pretty girl on me and i found this one that was called uh the blonde there's there's two of them there's the blonde and the brunette from this series and i i chose the blonde not because i prefer blondes even though my wife is blonde shout out to you (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah it's just whatever i picked that one and and i got it um actually in oregon um my girlfriend at the time is from eugene Mm -hmm. and the first year we were dating she couldn't find work back in new york and after like a bit of her being out of town, I was like, yo, I miss my girlfriend. It's my first girl. You know, like you, you fucking psyched that you're getting laid and shit. So I wanted to go spend time with her. And my folks, you know, bought me a plane ticket and I was able to work for her dad in Eugene all summer. And after the summer of working for him, I used the money since I was living at their house and like not paying rent. And like I earned, you know, some cash and went and bought myself a tattoo at a shop in Eugene that my girlfriend at the time recommended, even though she didn't have any tattoos, she, you know, whatever. But the dude's name was Dr. Julian, which 
I've mentioned him to other tattooers. I'm like, yo, that dude's actually pretty sick. Like, but <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't remember much about him. He was like a kind of middle-aged bald dude. Definitely seemed like he'd been in the game for a minute. Yeah. But again, I'm still not like into tattoos where I'm like, like reading about fucking how, you know, they got started and the, the history of it and how it came to America and all that shit. Mm. I'm just like, kind of you know I, I would say all these things i've talked about so far don't have like any style that references like reg's tattoo culture it's not japanese it's not american tratty or anything it's not fucking cholo shit or anything like that mm-hmm. so i'm kind of just like still on my own wave and um got that and like kind of was sporadic with it for a while and i remember i yeah i think it was right after i broke up with that girlfriend and like had moved in on my own with just like a roommate off of craigslist or whatever i had met a um kind of in the same span of time, like the, maybe the right when I started dating that girl, I met this kid, Brett Land, who ended up becoming like one of my closest friends. Mm-hmm. And he really got me like full on, like what have I been doing in college? Just like smoking weed and like rapping with these dudes in the dorm room. Like I need to go skate. Like that's who I am. Like, and he got me like really back into being a skater and like kind of pushing that side of myself into my art and like not have my life like compartmentalized into different bits like i was like this is who i am i'm gonna run with these people i need to like spend my time with the people i fuck with outside of school regardless of whether it takes me away from like such and such social circle brett definitely plugged me into a lot more skate shit and just started getting me to hang out with more of those people which is again when i met my buddy rob who ended up becoming a super close friend and other dude zach and and just like a group of people that ended up culminating into what we called like the green diamond crew because my buddy lived in a building that was just called the Green Diamond, like some generic ass name. Mm -hmm. And his apartment was super close to Tompkins. So we would just congregate there after skating and like go smoke weed and whatever. So eventually that turned into us making a skate video. Uh, Rob, the dude who lived there was like the mastermind behind it. But, you know, I did some artwork for it. And like we all, you know, spent a bunch of time hanging out for like a good solid two, three years working on this video and and just you know becoming tight friends and eventually so we were like the green diamond crew or whatever uh-huh. we became known for that so eventually i got like a little green diamond tat yeah and somewhere in the span of that this dude charles shatov moved to new york who's from atlanta who he's back in atlanta now he's and he's a tattooer and when i met him he was like just just getting into tattooing like probably had been doing it for like a year or something like that and you know like again i was naive i didn't know like who's dope at tattooing or whatever, but you're like, yo, my homie does tats. He'll hook it up. Let's go get some fucking tats. Right. (laughs) So I'm hanging out with this dude, Brett and Charles. And like, you know, we got all super chummy. Like we used to just fucking drink forties and smoke weed all the time after skating. And those dudes played music and they started a band called radical dirt bags, which ended up also becoming a crew. So we got like radical dirt bags tattoos, which is one of probably my worst tattoos that Charles did. But trust me, he has progressed like light years from where this is, but it's, you know, it's a dope keepsake. Yeah. I actually did the, the script on this one which obviously you can see is just completely blended together. It yeah. is like a big mush. <laughs> I think I got to tell people most of the time what it says because they're like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so so this dude Charles like, you know, started zapping the homies like at his apartment or like he came to my place one time and just like set, literally set up shop like in a chair and I was on my couch. Um, yeah, I remember he was giving me this little shark tattoo which he ended up redoing a couple times, like just over, like it was blue at first, and then he covered it all with this like kind of black whip shading now. Yeah. But I remember he did this on my couch, 
and his machine broke mid tattoo or no the machine broke when we were doing the radical dirt bag one like literally like mid fucking word it just oh. like something was off with the coil and it fucking thing popped off the yeah. rubber band and everything like and dude i freaked out i like fully like got super scared and like thought i was gonna like i'm like what am i doing like this is gonna look so fucked up like it's you know <laughs> here we go here's like the tattoo nightmare that you go in with like this idea of this nice little thing you're gonna get and then next thing you know you're like fucking scarred up and boogered up yeah and i fucking like puked and like was almost like about to faint because i was just like getting myself so worked up about like this thing yeah and so charles was just like look dude like calm down like you're all good like just let's just stop i'm gonna go home and like fix this thing and figure it out and i'll i'll clean it up we'll, we'll figure this out so he ended up coming back and you know when he first first did it it didn't look like terrible but you know again the wording is just way too close together so as the tattoo spread and aged and you know i'm sure if you really get into it it's a bit scarred up and like not the best so it definitely like just turned into kind of like a but uh whatever dude you know like this is also still some of my first shit and like yeah that's a good memory yeah for sure i mean i'm saying i still love those dudes to this day charles has you know grown to be an incredible tattooer like he when i bring him up or i'm you know i know some people in town that actually also know him or have tattoos from him and like he is beast now so if you're ever in atlanta check out only you tattoo charles shatov big ups dude that dude is really talented like especially he started doing a lot of japanese work lately and it's it's beautiful like it's not doesn't look like a white dude just co-opting a style like he's he's really like doing his homework and and it's it's really nice so to go back real quick on the green green diamond Mm -hmm. it uh also says new york all right yeah okay so was that part of it or no no initially it was just the diamond a lot of my stuff is super piecemeal like probably like the diamond the the little slice of pizza Uh the fucking shark um, this owl, which I got done at Flyright by a dude who I cannot remember his name right now, but he was from Baltimore, which is why I got I chose him to get tattooed. He's a total sweetheart. He also ended up doing most of my side, um, oh, shit. which I'll I'll explain in yeah. a little bit. But yeah, that was probably one of my first like nicer color tattoos. I don't know. I was just super into owls, so I got like a little owl, you know, chomping out, and it sort of matched the snake. So that started where I have I have like a little bit of like as Eli Quinters put it to me one time, similarity, where it's like, it's not exactly, you know, mirrored, but it's like, ish, you know? (laughs) Um, So yeah, so I had the both biceps with like an animal popping out of it. And, you know, I don't know, I like fit. I used to keep fish, so I like sharks. And I used to, um, my mom's super into bird watching, which I've grown into. So Mm -hmm. yeah, there there you go with with why I got those things. Mm -hmm. But anyway, all those things kind of happened around like 2005, 2006-ish. That's when I really started getting tattooed a bit more frequently. Just the upper arms at this point. Just right? the upper arms. Yeah, I wasn't ready to like go down to my forearms and like I I didn't even plan to go as far as I had. Like I, you know, it was just kind of happening like piecemeal here and there. Right. Um but yeah, so I got the green diamond thing which like a few other homies all have and that ended up becoming a thing for quite a while. Like I think, you know, th- that led my buddy Rob to like the career that he's you know, since grown, mm-hmm. but nevertheless, uh, the New York's all right thing kind of, there was just one I got like a few years after. I don't remember. I want to say like 2008, I might've got that by Fernando Lyons, who sick artist also fly, right? I don't know if he still works there, but nevertheless, really sweet dude. And you know, really good letter, letter God. So I figured who better to get some just like straight letters than a dude who's got nice hands. 
And um, the quote is actually from the band Fear, which is like a shitty punk band. I'm not even like that into Fear. <laughs> like, But there's a song that they have called New York's All Right. And it's this really goofy song that's like just like ripping on New York. And it's like, New York's all right if you like, you know, vandals and robbery. New York's all right if you like getting stabbed in the face. New York's all right. And it would always end up with New York's all right if you like saxophones. And like, it's just like the, it's the goofiest song. Like, I, you know, like whatever. If it came on, I would definitely let it ride because yeah. it's funny to me, but like not a band that I ever like listen to. It's not like, yo, I love fear. So I got to get this. <laughs> but I just love the sentiment of New York's all right. Because as much as I'm, love new york super proud of the fact that i'm from there and you know plan to get more new york centric work done i just thought it was kind of funny to have like a tongue-in-cheek being like yeah it's all right yeah. like because most people have like that shit like loud and proud with like you know nybk like bk shit with like an american flag yeah. and which is sick and like in hindsight now i'm like yo i'd run that for sure but at the time i was like nah like let's let's be a little sillier about it and yeah, yeah so just the double rocker new york's all right i thought it finished off the diamond nicely mm -hmm. and i also around that time i got this tattoo for my grandma who had just passed away mm -hmm. which her name is jacqueline but we all called her kiki mm -hmm. and i don't know i had just made friends with this dude chuck donahue who's also a great tattooer also from atlanta i think through charles and he was working at um Fuck, what is that tattoo shop called? It used to be on like right next door to Max Fish, but now it's down towards uh towards the skate shop Labor in Chinatown. I'm totally blank and I'll have to to like look it up for you again. But he worked there, ended up working at Greenpoint Tattoos later on. He I think he splits his time between New York and Atlanta. Uh so I went to Chuck to get like this more traditional, just like I you know, I wanted like a sailor tat. I got Kiki in a banner with this little ship and stuff. I mean, you know, my family has no nautical history. I'm not like, you know, didn't grow up on sailboats or nothing like mm -hmm. that, but just thought it was cool and that it would be like a good fucking tattoo on your shoulder. And so that was probably one of my first like trad, like American tattoos, right. which then led me, I was like, oh, I should get a swallow. Yeah. But like, since I grew up in Baltimore for a time, I got the swallow in like Oriole colors. Mm -hmm. So this is like my little Baltimore swallow. I started getting lots of Baltimore tats because I didn't want to rep New York that hard, even though like I'm originally from there. You know, I've got this weird like back and forth with it. I just was going to rep B-more, even though in hindsight, like I kind of fucking hate Baltimore. And like, I'm <laughs> so glad I, didn't, I moved out of there. And like most of my people that I'm close with there don't even live there anymore. So you know, I had some good times there and it was a very formative place for me. So, which will here, I'll, I guess, leads me to that, which is yeah. on my side. Yeah. I have this, this skull with a banner that says Baltimore and a fucking old school skateboard cracking out of the top of the skull with mm -hmm. wings and roses. And this actually I got in like in stages. So originally the tattoo was just the skull with the skateboard and the banner. And the reason I got this tattoo was because a little bit going back from that skate shop that I worked at, this dude Oliver used to come in all the time. And Oliver was like my boss's old graffiti and like breakdancing homie. And they, you know, he used to skate as well, like all that shit, they, they grew up together. But Oliver was this, like the first time I met him, dude shows up in a fucking lower Jaguar on 22s, fucking hater vision, like TVs and all the, back, even the back seats where you can't watch them. Yeah. Had 50-50 hair, like, like one side blonde, one side black an M&M's fucking Vanson leather jacket, like mismatched Air Force Ones, but like fancy, like like suede, like dope Air Force Ones, which, you know, at the time, like sneaker culture wasn't popping the way it is. This is like 99, you know, like it 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 hadn't quite reached the zenith that we're at now. Right. And I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? 
you know, at first I thought he was just some kook, like kind of rich dude that my boss knew, but I came to find out that like, no, this dude is kind of the man. He like moved to Japan on his own and like learned Japanese by himself, learned how to break dance. And he was like the man out there for that shit, had his own clothing line. So, you know, whatever this dude was around and Oliver ended up opening a, a shop in Baltimore called Shop Gente in like the early 2000s, which was like a dope sneaker store way ahead of its time. Like even by today's standards, like there are not many shops I've been into that hold a candle to like that dude's vision and what he was doing on a retail thing. But um, whatever, one year for the Christmas party, which, you know, I was kind of like since the skate shop had closed, that was like the new hangout spot in town. So whenever I'd be back in Baltimore, I'd just beeline it to that dude's shop and, you know, let myself in and go in the, go in his apartment that was above the shop. Like whatever, we would, it was like the clubhouse. And for a Christmas party, one of the things he gave away at a raffle was a, a gift certificate to a tattoo. My homegirl got it. She didn't have any tattoos and wasn't trying to get any tattoos. So she just gave it to me. It was, a, you know, it was like 100 or 150 bucks to Reed Street Tattoo in Baltimore, which is a great shop. I believe still going strong to this day. Mm-hmm and so whatever so i'm like cool free tattoo from oliver i'm gonna get a baltimore tattoo and i'm gonna get he had these stickers at the time which is basically this graphic and it was a skull like this this like one-eyed skull kind of like japanese like bozozuku vibes now i realize and it had like a headband with like you know the japanese flag on it which i just turned into a a banner that said baltimore Mm -hmm. and then i added the i had the artist add the skateboard and it was just yeah the banner the skateboard and the skull for a minute and that was my first tattoo on my ribs, which was fucking Gnarly. brutal, yeah. not psyched. I remember that <laughs> night, I like literally had like a perfect imprint of it on my sheets. Like my mom was not stoked about that. But but yeah, that was like my first like, you know, diverging from the from my shoulders and shit. And I left it that way for a while. But then like I remember meeting the homie and he had like he had gotten a big side piece and I was like, yo, that looks sick. Like I want to do that too. And then I was starting to feel like, you know, whatever, that the one I had was not enough. So I went to the same dude who did the owl and was like, yo, how can we like dress this up? Like, what do you think? And he's like, oh, what if we did like, you know, roses and like added wings and then it'll just be like a kind of like abstract, like skate art thing. And I'm like, yeah, that's sick. Like whatever. So he drew, he literally drew it up like right there and then. And the reason the roses don't actually match was because kind of going back to why I was into like mike giant and stuff i had just gotten one of his art books and i was super into the way he would draw roses so i was like i want a rose like this so I, he's, he's like all right well how about like we'll you know we'll meet halfway like i'll do two of mine and then you will do that one as like the centerpiece and like in hindsight i wish i had just listened to him because this one turned into like a black blob like it didn't fill in well and stuff you know i'm sure if giant did it it would be different because he knows what he wants to do with his art but yeah. you know whatever I wanted what I wanted I didn't fully quite get yet that it's kind of better to to either find somebody who does exactly what you want already or to just be like yo like you're an artist like do your thing yeah Yeah. like I I came to you because I trust you like which later on in life I learned and have since gotten some you know tattoos I didn't quite expect the way they turned out but in hindsight I'm like yo this thing is sick and it's unique and you know and I and I started to appreciate going to an artist for being an artist and that actually became from probably again 2006 seven ish i met this kid will brown from australia who was just visiting new york with another australian homie of ours that we had met the year before who like kind of got down with our skate crew with the green diamond homies and had spent the whole summer because australians seemed to be able to just travel forever somehow 
and met this dude will and he was young he was like 19 i think at the time you know i guess i'm 22 or 23 at this point i'm like just finishing college or just finished college Mm -hmm. but he had a fucking gnarly and he still obviously has it uh chess piece by um thomas hooper which again i didn't know who that was at the time but it's like this beautiful like really like just softly shaded owl and i was you know since i had the small owl tattoo Mm -hmm. i'm like yo that looks insane i don't know i was just like very enamored with this dude we became super close friends like right out the gate he's still like you know my brother i fucking love that dude also grew to be an amazing tattooer um he works at five points in in manhattan now for fucking garver which is like damn but anyway so i meet this dude will and he's pretty covered for like a 19 year old dude and i was just like i don't know he just kind of like turned my attitude around about it the idea of seeking out different artists for what they do like i remember he stayed with me the following summer and he was like yo i gotta get tattooed by this dude eli and i'm like who's eli like what's up he's like this dude eli quinters man he's sick like he's the one and i'm like okay like yeah do your thing man and he like stayed with me and i guess eli at the time was between shops this is before smith street opened Mm -hmm. and was tattooing out of his house so my homie like went to this dude's crib like got in touch with him however i forget probably through charles or one of our mutual friends and came back with this like incredible uh native girl with like a like chief's headdress and stuff which i guess is not the most kosher thing apparently like that's not chill in native culture women are not supposed to have like the full headdress Mm -hmm. so whatever obviously it's just a fucking drawing yeah but beautiful tattoo and i was like damn dude like my man's on to something like he fully like came here again from australia obviously to skate and hang but like he's he knew to like go to this dude and so that just really started getting me like researching stuff a little bit more and starting and you know again this is pre-social media or like i mean maybe we had myspace or facebook but not the way it is now nevertheless i started going to tattoo shops more and like really looking at people's books and understanding that like this guy does this this girl's really good at this type of thing or you know and then the following year or or the year after again this dude will started coming to new york all the time every summer they would get like a a month off and and come hang out and one of the summers so this yeah this must have been probably like 2008 smith street opened so he's back and he's like yo dude i'm like eli works at this shop now but then there's these other dudes like go here. And I started to realize that a bunch of other dudes that I ran with, like my homie Tyler Mate, who's also a tattooer now, um, who used to do this company Death Traders that he's not like, I guess he doesn't work with the dude who still runs it, but they were doing their thing. I did some graphics for them. I realized that all the people I was running with were also getting tattooed off of Eli Mm -hmm. and Steve Boltz and Burt Crack and the dudes who would come to form uh, to do Smith Street. So I go to Smith Street and I'm like, yo, this shop is sick. Like, you know, I'm finally starting to get the sense of like what American traditional tattoos are all about and why people are fucking so into them. And since I had a couple smaller ones, I was like, damn, these ones really do look dope. Like, you know, like like those dudes probably would say like, you know, tattoos that look like what you're in, in your base image of a tattoo is like a rose or a little anchor or like, you know, like Popeye shit, like that stuff, it resonates. There's a reason why everyone gets a crawling panther or like a heart with an arrow through it. You know, these are like images that like kind of represent like a thing, whether it's like a cartoon or whatever, like it, you know, it just has like resonance. And even if everyone has the same-ish one, like it's it's yours because, you know, like a pair of Converse or, you know, a pair of 501s or whatever, like you rock it the way you rock it. And like, that's just, that's what brings the personality to it. Or even the hand of the artist that did it. 
so yeah so i went to those dudes i actually first went to steve bolts and got this cancer crab which my dad's a cancer i don't even know if i got it for that reason i just thought it would be cool to get a crab i think i saw it on the wall there and and bolts you know they just opened the shop like maybe first couple months so they're psyched the, those dudes are like all i mean they've, they've always been super nice to me i fucking love that shop but they were definitely like pretty cheery that they're like running their own business and like dude i think he gave me this for like 130 bucks or something like really cheap for for dudes that are on the level that they're at and like the notoriety and stuff so i'm like yo this is the one like i'm fucking smith street let's fucking do yeah. this so i got the crab super into that and then like a few months later i went back i I was working for union for the streetwear shop in new york at the time i was you know so we sold like neighborhood and visvim and all these like fancy japanese brands and in one of the catalogs for neighborhood they had um there was this tiger head it was like which was from you know an old like u.s navy jacket probably i think it's almost like one for one they they don't really stray too far from their references i think but I thought it was fucking sick and it was just super like wonky. And, you know, it's like one of those like like souvenir jacket embroideries that they reproduced. So I took a picture of it and emailed it to Smith Street. And I was like, yo, I want to get a tattoo from Bert, something like this. And I figured it already kind of looked like one of his tattoos. So like this is going to go. Mm-hmm. And fucking day of, I show up to the shop. You know, these dudes don't like know me, but. I show up and one of them's like, oh, hey, what's up, man? You're friends with blah, blah, blah. So I'm already like, you know, got my chest puffed out a little bit. Like, all right, I'm, I'm good. And I come in and Bert's got the stencil of what he's come up with, you know, based on my illustration. He's like, yo, you're the guy who's getting this today? And I was like, yeah. He's like, dude, I'm fucking psyched to do this tattoo, which I'm like, right. bet. Like, yeah. all right. Like, this is what's good. And, you know. I had heard homie was super heavy handed. I mean, he's like a pretty strong looking man. So whatever he's an intimidating like fully tatted big dude got his fucking mitts on me i'm like fuck dude i've heard this dude is pretty brutal like here we go and you know and i said it i was like yo dude i heard you're pretty heavy-handed he's like yeah well you tell me whatever like you know not even trying to be a dick or nothing but just he's like well you're here right so we start doing the tat and it's it was honestly like not that bad like it was i mean you know tattoos i think kind of feel like everything one minute you're in fucking utter hell and then they move over half a centimeter and you're like, oh, I can't even feel it. Like I could do this for hours and, you know, but yeah, so I got this tiger head, which super stoked to this day came out great. Like, I, you know, I think he had a good time with it. And next one I think was, I got this uh, gypsy girl from Eli. So I finally get tattooed off of Eli and, and then you're finally moving on to your forearms. At this yeah. Point. I think this, yeah. And I saw, yeah, I had gotten like a few more from Charles here and there, like this little ship, which was based off of a Mike Giant Flash. And mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I'd gotten this sugar skull from um, Big Steve over at Fun City, who's now the owner of Fun City on St. Mark's Place, another legendary dude. This was meant to be like kind of like a satanic sugar skull or like a more like, you know, I don't know, it was my first stab at getting like a fine line tattoo, which I still, I think, you know, dude's an amazing tattooer. He's kind of the, the goat at like super small, thin tattoos. I really want to go back to him for one of his like tiny dragons he's been doing. But got this. I remember he was making fun of me the whole time. Like like the, the sketch, the, the upside down cross on the forehead was way bigger. And I was like, oh, I don't like that. Like make it smaller. And he's like talking to his girl on the phone, like literally being like, this dude doesn't even want a big upside down cross. What a loser. Like <laughs> totally rinsing me the whole time. But like, you know, again, this is the type of dude I've like grown up with is like dudes that talk shit to your face and like kind of, you know, like kind of assholes, but like assholes that you want, that you, that make you want to get to know them, not people that you're like, man, well, fuck you. You know, like I think endearing. Yeah. To me it's endearing, or at least I've just kind of grown to have thick skin and like, 
you know, again, it's going back to like my old boss and shit. Like if I, if I care enough to make fun of you, it's probably cause I actually fuck with you, Yeah. you know? And that I'm not like, I don't have any real hate in my heart for anybody. I'm a pretty peace dude. Like, you know, live your life, do what you do. Yeah. It is what it is. But yeah, so this dude, Steve's just fucking rinsing me and yeah. he gave me this skull <laughs> and I'd gotten this script probably in like, must have been like 2007 because mm-hmm. it this is a kinks quote like the the kinks the men yeah thank you for the days which is literally like the lyric from one of their songs i don't even fucking listen to the kinks anymore <laughs> i mean they, they had a ton of music in skate videos at the time like static 2 had just come out that had a i think that song might, might have been in the the outro mm-hmm. and a couple dudes with parts that i still really love skated to it it was very of an era but, you know, it's still kind of a, the, at the base of the quote is thank you, which I think is like a mellow thing to have on you. Definitely want to be thankful for everything I've got. I've had a really chill, pretty easy life by most people's standards. So I try to, you know, be mindful of that and the privilege that I, you know, have. But, um, yeah, I remember, I mean, shit, like this tattoo is a perfect example of Steve fucking with me is when he was drawing it, when he was showing me the outline, I was like, what's up with the D? And I was like, it kind of looks like a G. And I was like, thank you for the gaze. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> and like, it, it it wasn't the way it is now. Like, it was literally like more of a G the first time he drew it. And he like, you know, I was like, dude's trying to pull a fast one on me. Like, I literally have a homie that also has tattoos off him that he has like a pistol tattooed on him. And the fucking trigger is literally a cock and balls. Like, it's like unmistakable if you look at it. But, you know, my homie wasn't paying attention and just like let him fucking do it. And that's the type of shit that Steve would pull back in the day, you know. And again, fucking love that dude. Big Steve is fucking super sick. If I get a chance to get tatted off him again, because I know he's super busy now, I'll be hyped. Like that dude is a legend. And, you know, I fucking rad that he owns Fun City now. Like, you know, that shit is like New York up and down. But anyway, back to Smith Street. So, yeah, so I finally get this gypsy chick Mm -hmm. from Eli and first tattoo below the forearms you know again went to eli was like i want a gypsy girl dark hair you know the bandana but you do what you do yeah and he shows me this drawing and i'm like yeah fucking that's that's what i asked for like you you know whatever and like didn't tell him color scheme or anything and you know wasn't expecting a yellow flower didn't expect the leaves to be blue i thought they'd be green you know just like kind of your typical mind going but i was just like I loved it. Once I got it done, I was like, dude, this tattoo is fucking the one. Like I still to this day say that if I had to get rid of everything, I'd probably keep the two girls on my forearms by him just because I think it's like now that I know about tattooing a bit more and like appreciate it. I'm like, that's like a nice, tough, like old man spot. Like that shit looks cool. Like no matter what style you're into or whatever, like they just they've held up, you know, I mean, these tattoos have gotten a lot of sun over the years and they still look pretty fucking close to the way they did when I got them. Like I was going to say they, they, they look like they've aged really well. Yeah, for sure. You know, like and, they soften up in the best ways yep. and the colors held up really nicely. Oh yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Eli. Definitely. They're beautiful. Fucking awesome dude. Yeah. So I, you know, I think a year later I went back to him and got the nurse which just seemed like a good match. And, you know, he, again, that's where he, I got the similarity thing because when he was drawing it, he's like, you know, like it's not exactly the same, but like they pretty much match. And yeah. I was like, yeah, it's fucking dope. And so I went back to him and, and was super stoked on that. And then to cap it off, I finally got a tattoo off Dan Santoro, which was this snake. And so, yeah, this is like 2009 because around then, the reason I, that I got this snake, because it's just, I, I remember finding the Don't Tread on Me image, which I really liked. And then the safe thing came from uh, these dudes, these two dudes named Ben and Ben, Ben Bartle and Ben Baptiste, 
had moved in down the block from me. And I knew Ben Bartle a little bit from skating Tompkins because he would he was around for like a few years leading up to that. But like not a dude I hung out with, you know, but just somebody when I'd run into him, like we'd chat and it was good. And like kind of like Jeremiah, like just people I had met through the scene of just like being a skater and hanging out downtown and, you know, going to the same bars or whatever, you know, just definitely a cool dude. Always really liked, thought he had good style, like somebody I, I would try to emulate on a skateboard or like even fucking good good choices of gear, like fucking rad dude. And that dude, the two Bens became my neighbors and their homies, Max and Alex, who I immediately became super close with. And these dudes were, um, were from like Western Massachusetts in the Berkshires. So it's about three hours from New York and they would like go back and forth all the time. And eventually I started going back up there with those dudes and like got super close with them. And we spent like a good two years of being neighbors and like literally from like one of the bands worked at Dave's quality meet, which I worked at for a time. So we were all kind of working in like similar circles doing the streetwear fucking shop boy thing. And after work, I would go to these dudes apartment cause they lived like two doors down from me and fucking, I would just go and drink beers and smoke weed and talk shit about girls and you know, whatever, like just chop it up. And actually Steve Green lived in that building. So that's, oh, really? how, that's how I know Steve Green is we would pass each other in the hallway from time to time. Be like, oh, what's up, dude? I, I know you're friends with, you know, he, Steve knew some other people I was friends with, but we never like kicked it. But, you know, whatever. So that wow. that came full circle, obviously, yeah, later on. Crazy. But so I used to kick it with the Ben super hard. And the one Ben, Ben Bartle, is one of the only American dudes who's part of PWBC crew, which is the same dudes that like do Palace Skateboards now. And... So he kind of got me hip to some of that stuff, those dudes. And, you know, he used a lot of the same lingo that like British people use. So they, you know, they say safe, bruv, or, you know, like, like safe, that's fucking sick or whatever. And I thought that was dope. So I started, we, you know, we said safe to each other all the time. So whatever, when I finally got tattooed off Santoro, I was like, yo, can you just write safe under it? in like, just like dumb, dumb, like basic handwriting. And he was like, why? And I explained to him and he was like, cool sure <laughs> so got this cool snake from santoro which again like told him i wanted to don't tread on me but like how you want it so he did this like he i remember i ran into him not too long ago and he's like oh yeah he's like i remember that one green tongue snake kind of weird right and i was like <laughs> sure yeah like fuck it dude this thing's <laughs> sick like and yeah again super sick tat fucking love this one like don't think those dudes charged me like out the ass for it like i you know again i've I'm starting to build a bit of a rapport with that shop and, and was just like, yeah, this is, this is where I go. But you know, whatever, fast forward, I was still like getting put on to more stuff. And I remember my homie Jordan, who I used to work at Aeropostale with, who was my boss initially. And then we ended up working together at Oshkosh Bagash showed me this dude's, I think Instagram must've existed by then. Yeah. But he showed me this dude who was guest spotting at three Kings tattoo I think his name was Danny Guepo. I don't know, he's a Spanish dude. And he had this kind of like super thick line style that now I'm not really that fond of. Like I kind of wish this tattoo was done by somebody else. Like the, it's a cool image. It's, you know, it's just a swallow with the flower and a mom underneath it, which is pretty traditional. And this was again, first tattoo, like getting to the wrist. It didn't heal amazing. I don't know really what I could do with it unless like lasering gets like super tech and, and you know, better as we get older. So maybe one day, but whatever, it's, it's still a mom tat and a bird. So good with that, mm -hmm. but got that. And like a month later I was like, fuck, I should have just gone to Smith street. <laughs> like, you know, like those dudes are sicker and what it is, what it is. And then eventually I wanted to fucking kind of cap it off. And since I had this like matching ish thing going on, 
I went to Paris with my now wife when we started dating and we went to a flea market and I had bought this little like fighter plane toy, like just like a cool like French army plane like that I liked around that same time. My dad for his birthday decided to buy himself like a ticket or a, a class to fly a biplane. Like, I don't know, he wanted to be the fucking Red Baron for the afternoon yeah. or whatever. <laughs> so my dad flew a biplane around this time and I was like, that's sick. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get the plane tattoo and I'll write dad underneath it. And it'll, you know, again, my dad's not a pilot per se, but like he, he was pretty enamored with that. So it just seemed to fit. So Again, this kind of started to cap off me having like more traditional sleeves that that have like similar position things. Like I love what Dan did with the foreshortening on the wing here. Like I remember mentioning that to him while he was drawing it. And he's like, oh, you know what that is, huh? And I was like, yeah, dude, I went to fucking art school too. <laughs> like I also know how to draw. I'm just don't know how to do it with a fucking piece of electricity in my hand. Yeah. But, you know, that dude's fucking hilarious. And we had a good time. <laughs> and yeah, so fucking sick, sick tattoo. Um, and yeah, I think... This actually, this one might have come a couple years before, actually, but yeah, I think it was this one that got me to do the other serpent was my buddy Brett that I was talking about earlier, the radical dirtbags dude, like the homie I kind of got me really full force of like being a skater and like embracing my Ninja Turtleness, you know, was working for this dude Duke Riley, who I don't know if you've ever heard of. He's like a pretty crazy artist, like multimedia, like he tattoos, but he does like really gnarly fine art and like installation pieces. Like he did a thing where he built a replica of this wooden submarine that like I think Benjamin Franklin designed or, or some like you know founding father type of character like engineer dude came up with and he like recreated this thing from like old plans and launched it into the East River and got too close to the Queen Anne or one of the like army ships that's that was like docked in the New York Harbor and like the fucking Coast Guard came and fished him out and like he's made the news like the dude's fucking gnarly like he is an artist on like some you know like next level like yeah. tattooing is definitely only like one discipline of his shit and nevertheless he tattooed still i think it's pretty hard to get work from him these days because he's busy like training carrier pigeons to smuggle cuban cigars from havana to florida and shit like his art installations are like next level yeah but i you know through my homie brett who was his like intern i was like yo can you get me an appointment with duke and he's like yeah yeah no worries so fucking I got an appointment and Duke did this like electric eel, which he draws these a lot in his artwork. And I was just like, yo, I think that's sick. Can you like do one as a tattoo? Like, you know, kind of actually, you know, I think I already had the the don't tread on me. And I was like, just kind of make it match-ish. And he's like, yeah, that's cool, man. Like whatever, you know, like <laughs> just like this, like kind of like gnarly with like sailorish dude who's just like, he's like a real tattooer like they like he wasn't even that covered like i think he just had like a crazy back piece but like nothing on his forearms and stuff he's like one of those he's like super old school like that dude is like american as fuck like he is like into new york like his all of his artwork like talks about the history of the city and like he's really into the like where he's from and shit like that which mm -hmm. i'm super you know a ton of respect for and like pretty enamored by like how deep this guy gets into what he he does but yeah so that kind of like started to cap off my arms. I don't know, a few years later, I started dating my now wife. We went to New Orleans together, I remember, and fucking, um, I literally, like, day I got to New Orleans, I'm, like, with her, like, Instagramming, like, the main square in town, and my buddy Charles texts me. He's like, yo, dude, are you in New Orleans? I just saw your Instagram, and I was like, yeah, and he's like, dude, go to this shop, get tattooed off this dude, <laughs> Lester Garcia, like, trust me, and I was like, okay, 
yeah, I'll check it out. Like, and I look at my girl who's also like super tattooed. Like we definitely connected on that. Like when we met and I'm like, Hey, can you, do you know where this electric lady land shop is? And she's like, Oh yeah, for sure. Like that's a cool shop. Like I'll take you. So we, you know, walked down the French quarter where it is. And I go in this tattoo shop and I'm like, hi, is Lester here? And the girl behind the counter is like, yeah, hold on. This dude, this like scruffy looking dude with a beard, like, like real stoner looking cat, like, like old, like, like black Sabbath stoner looking cat, you know, (laughs) like dude who's got like a fucking weed plant in his attic growing type of cat comes out like eating a sandwich, like fucking wipes his mouth. He's like, can I help you? Like, you know, fully like super aloof. And I'm like, yeah, my buddy Charles told me that I should come meet you and get a tattoo of you. And he's like, Shatov? And I was like, yeah, that's the dude. And he's like, oh, hell yeah, man. I tattooed him like two weeks ago. Like, what's up? What do you want? And I was just like, I don't know. Like, what do you got? Like, I I don't know. I'm in New Orleans. I like shrimp. I like these crawfish I just tried. Like, what about a shrimp? And he's like, oh, dude, hold on a second. He's like, I got to show you something. I'm like, okay, fuck. You know, I'm like, I just started dating my girl like a couple months before. So like, I'm fucking riding pretty high these days. Like that was, yeah, I'm obviously I married her. Like I love this girl. So life was good. She took me to New Orleans for my first time. This was just, this was like my birthday weekend. Like it's good, good vibes. And out comes Lester from the back of his tattoo shop with a fucking, um, an acetate hand carved by sailor Jerry that he had just bought in like an estate sale. And he's like, dude, check this out. It's no a fucking way. shrimp by sailor Jerry. He's like, I got to rub this on with fucking, with like, uh, like carbon powder. He's like, are you down? And I was like, you know and again like i'm a couple years into starting to get traditional tattoos i'm like yeah i want that that's like now i'm actually tapping into some like getting connected to this whole thing and like you know whatever so i'm like yeah done shrimp tattoo throw easy on there we're in the big easy like you know that's kind of my vibe anyway like done so he's psyched you know we're fucking yucking it up the whole time over my buddy Charles and like, you know, it was a good tattoo. I think again, super cheap because by virtue of being in New Orleans to New York, like they just don't need money the same way. So dude hooked it. I don't remember what I paid for it, but it was fucking, it was a good ass deal. And, um, yeah, man, I don't know. This tattoo definitely brings back a good memory of just like a fun ass trip with my wife. Trying to think what else. And I think around, this is around when I started moving onto my legs. Charles had visited and I got this little like nautical scene with like a uh, fucking lighthouse and the stars and the waves and stuff on my ankle. At he was guesting at Greenpoint Tattoo, mm-hmm. and this girl Hillary uh, Fisher White was tattooing there, who I then later found out was Steve Bolt's apprentice. So you know, again, coming full circle with like people I know. That same dude Chuck Donahue who tattooed me was working there, so I'm like hanging out, vibing with those guys. And me and this girl, Hillary, hit it off super well. Like, she's just a funny chick, like, rad tat lady. Like, so I was like, oh, I'm going to come back and get and get tattooed off of you. Like, you know, like, you're fucking sick. And um, I got, like a, a, like, a bent back, like the naked girl that turns into the skull off of her, which actually ended up getting a bit fucked up just because we got pretty stoned beforehand. Like, you know, she and I definitely connected on, on being into smoking weed and... I fucking smoked a joint with her before the tattoo. So whatever, it just, it didn't heal amazing. She was like, oh, let me touch that up for you the next time you come in. And I came back in wanting to get, um, which I didn't show you, I guess, is this like a little like Halloween cat, you know? And initially I wanted like a small one, like not, you know, what this giant thing became. <laughs> yeah. And again, we got fucking stone oh. <laughs> and just the tattoo was like probably three times the size of what it needed to be. And... <laughs> 
she, you know, again, I'm not trying to shit on her at all. Like we were fucking high and I don't know, the, the shading got a little carried away and like the face just kind of disappeared. Just melted. Yeah. <laughs> so when I came back to show her, she was like, fuck. She's like, I, I, I distinctly remember just looking at, it, she's like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, and uh, she's like, I owe you one. And I was like, you know, partly in the moment, I'm like, I don't want to get tattooed off you anymore. Like, this is, no, <laughs> fuck that. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I'm like, no, you know what? Like, I fucking, I made my bed. Like, free tattoo, what do you got? So she gave me those little mushrooms next to it, which yeah. turned out great. And, like, shout out to Hillary. She's fucking sick. Yeah. So, whatever. So I got these little fun mushrooms off of her, which she had, I think, just gotten similar ones in black and gray. And I was like, oh, those are cool. Well, like, I have color tattoos, so give me color. Like, which another thing I kind of wish in hindsight that all my shit was black and gray just because I love the way black and gray suits look. And like, you know, kind of in hindsight, if I could do it all over, I maybe would have stuck to that. Okay. Maybe, you know, fine with the same imagery I have, but just like, I don't know. I just like it more for the simplicity, but nevertheless. Um, so yeah, I started getting tattooed on my legs from her and um, from my buddy Charles. And I remember after I started dating my wife, we went to Texas to visit her parents who had moved there from New Orleans after Katrina. And, you know, again, I'm like doing my homework and I'm like, all right, well, we're going to we're going to this part of Texas. But like, let's go to Austin. Like, I've never been there. Or, or no, that's not true. I had been there once before for work. I got to go to South by Southwest and was like, yo, this town's cool. Like, babe, we should go to Austin. I know Thomas Hooper works at this tattoo shop. And there's another dude there that I really want to get tattooed off, Tony Hondal. And she's like, okay, sure. <laughs> so we go visit her folks for a few days and then rented a car and drove to Austin basically just to hang out for a few days. And part of that was I got an appointment with this Tony Hondal dude. And he's real fucking gnarly looking dude. Like he's like, I'm guessing if he's not seven foot, he's damn close. Like he is a big fucking guy. Yeah. And he's got a bullseye tattooed on the back of his bald head and like, he's just a fucking like real ogre of a dude. Like he's terrifying. <laughs> like definitely a guy that if, if you approached him in an alley, you'd be like, nah, like, <laughs> Not the way. but fucking angel, like nicest dude, like so chill was just like, so what do you want? Like, you know? And I was like, uh, an Eagle with an American flag. He's like, sick. Perfect. Like, <laughs> give me a minute. And like, dude, literally in like 20 minutes, he bangs out like a perfect sketch. Like exactly what I'm talking about. You know, like traced like the spot on my calf that I wanted it. And he's like, let's do this and i'm like yeah fucking let's go so i lay down fucking man gets to work and i think it took like an hour and 45 minutes start to finish like he no. fucking knocked that thing out like so fast yeah. and it didn't really hurt that bad like dude just fucking crushed this this tattoo and it healed super well like i didn't really have any pain with it i was skating like the next day like around that time I had gotten hip to some of the dudes over at Invisible Tattoo on Orchard Street, which is uh, Troy Denning's shop. And that dude, Regino Gonzalez, worked there. And um, this dude, Kiku, works there, who's this fucking rad, like, Japanese punk rocker dude, like, kind of cholo vibes, kind of like, I don't know, I'm, I've definitely always been into to Japanese culture and manga and, you know, all that stuff. And I had started to want something kind of Japanese, but not, like I wasn't ready to go get a koi with finger waves and the whole like sleeve or nothing like that as much as I think that stuff's absolutely incredible, but I just wanted something. And he was definitely doing like this cool kind of like mix of Japanese, like 
content with like American execution. And I was super, I, I was like, dude, this is the guy for me. Like he's, you know, he's going to give me like a Godzilla or whatever, but I'll get it in like American traditional style. So it was like East meets West kind of shit. And I thought, you know, since I already had this big bird with a flag on one side, like, you know, I'm not like a big, like I'm American, what's up? But like, whatever, you know, I was into the tattoo. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to celebrate my other heritage. I'm going to get a, a rooster, which is like the bird of France. Like you see it on the, you know, the um, Paris Saint-Germain, like jerseys and stuff like that. But uh, so I got uh, the, the Le Coq, the, the French rooster with a French flag on the other calf by Kiku. Oh, sick. And, uh, and Kiku did a really sick job of kind of matching the, the shape of, of the other one and like doing, again, like this like slightly similar mirrored thing. So you can see I have like a bit of like a, not symmetry perfectly going on, but definitely like each side has like a little bit of the same shit happening. I don't know, that definitely kind of got me more into Japanese shit. You know, I had gotten a couple more tattoos from Smith Street. I got like this big, I finally got my Aries tattoo from Bert at Smith Street on my uh, on my thigh right here, right here this giant oh, fucking yeah. ram sick um which again Bert fucking crushed this tattoo was pretty popular on the internet for a minute but uh it was fucking brutal man like that was the one where I was like all right you are fucking heavy-handed like this is gnarly <laughs> like like it, it took probably like 4 hours and i think for 15 minutes in i was like get me the fuck out of here oh, like shit. i did not sit well for that tattoo it was pretty brutal I remember like when he when Bert showed me the drawing, it definitely looked different than what I had envisioned because I had seen other Ram tattoos that he had done before and it wasn't that. And I was just like, yeah. And he's like, trust me, dude. And I'm like, I do. Like, I'm not, you know, like not questioning you. I was just like, I just didn't like see the vision yet. But once he like added color and shit, I was like, whoa, okay, dude. Like, yes, like this thing is fucking beast. You know, super happy with the tattoo, but it was just a bit of like a brutal one going down. Yeah. <laughs> and then that led me to I probably hadn't gotten much when I first moved here my buddy Will who I had told you about who kind of like got me into tattoos he, by then he had started tattooing back in Australia and was like getting pretty good I had gotten like a couple like of his first ones like this little bird I'm not his first first but like within the first like year or two of him mm -hmm. tattooing got this little toucan from uh, the uh, picture machine flash book that he got his hands on but I was going to go to Japan um, for the second time for me, um, but first time with my wife. And, you know, whenever we traveled together, we she wouldn't necessarily because she already had sleeves when I first met her. But I would try to get tattoos as like a keepsake or like, yo, I went here. Like, I want to get a tattoo from like an artist that I really fuck with here. And, you know, at this point, social media was fully in, in swing. So I'm following tons of different tattooers and kind of got hip to people all over the world and I had found this dude Hori Momo just on Instagram on my own like not I don't even think my friends had showed me his stuff but just you know whatever like the algorithm led me there or something yeah and I had been DMing him being like all right this I'm pretty sure this dude's in Tokyo you know like he he doesn't or I didn't think he spoke English necessarily I couldn't tell from Instagram there was no information or anything but I kept DMing him be like yo dude like I'm gonna be in Japan at this time like if you're available, you know, whatever, we're like just trying to see what's up and I can't find that he works at a shop or anything. So I'm like really not sure what the deal is. And I reach out to my buddy, Will, and I'm like, yo, dude, do you know this Hori Momo dude at all? And he's like, yeah, actually, I just got tattooed off him like a few months ago when I was in Tokyo. And um, he's like, yeah, I have his email. Like, I got you. Bet. So I email this dude. 
I get an email back like the next day that's yeah. like, oh, Bosco, like, sounds good. Like, what do you want? Like, when will you be here? Like, just blah, 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 you know, and I make an appointment. And so he's like, just email me the day you get to Japan. So finally comes the day of, right? and I email the student. He just, and he's like, okay, just meet me at this train station, like at this exit. And I'm like, okay, it's just me and my wife. He's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Like, just, just meet me here. So this dude you know, just approaches me. He's like, oh, you're, you're Bosco. And I'm like, yeah, what's up, man? And he's like, oh, I'm Horimomo, like whatever. And he spoke English super well. So I'm like, sick. What's up, man? He's like, yeah, follow me. And like, we just go walking down the block through this little neighborhood and, you know, go into a building, like a random apartment building and up the staircase and into what looks like a pretty typical Japanese apartment as far as I've been to. And again, like walk in, there's no there's like some shoes, you know, like dirty dishes in a sink. Like it looks like an apartment that somebody lives in, but nothing, not, not very personalized necessarily. Mm -hmm. And then we open this door and it is fucking smashed with flash. Like just every inch of this room, it's a tiny little room, but like there's just tchotchkes and little effigies and, and his drawings and, you know, and a giant photo of like a back piece he's done and like all this incredible art. And it's just like this little cavern of fucking tattoo. And I'm like, yo, like we've made it. Like yeah. this is so fucking sick. You know, and this dude is like a fucking sweetheart. Like he's so chill. We just have like, you know, immediately hit it off on the strength of being buddies with my friend Will and like just, you know, like-minded people finding each other. So he was super nice. And this dude does... Uh, his tattoos are sick because they're um, he does all his outlines with the machine, but all the color is tabori. So like the hand poke, like oh, traditional, yeah. you know, the way that, that Japanese tattoos are originally done. And I had, you know, really sought this dude out specifically for that because I wanted to know what it felt like. And, you know, if I'm like, if I'm going to get tattooed in Japan, like I want to go as close to what that is as possible without like, you know, fucking getting a whole body suit or whatever. Right. And so I get this little koi fish tattoo, like, but I, my flip on it was to do like the kites, you know, that you'd see in like the oh, restaurants yeah. and shit like yeah, that. Yeah. And so when I proposed him this idea, he was like, oh, I love that. He's like, that's so cool. And like, you know, drew it up for me and whatever. So he was stoked to do it. I'm obviously stoked to have it. And yeah, so all the, the black outline is, is done with, a, you know, just a regular rotary machine. And then the color is hand poked. And as you can see, the white is just like, super vibrant on the tail like the way it sh fades to this yellow and stuff and like you know i mean dude this tattoo's like four or five years old now and it still looks like fucking oh, right after I, yeah, yeah it's perfect like so yeah i absolutely adore this tattoo and that kind of started a relationship oh yeah and he when i was getting tattooed off momo he saw this other samurai tattoo that i have by this dude koji ichimaru who i think tattoos in california now but he was like tattooing in Italy at the time. And my wife had gotten me a uh, gift certificate to, um, to adorn cause he was guest spotting there and whatever I, she like knew a bunch of people, like she was good friends with the piercer there and a couple of tattooers there. So she basically got me bumped up to the front of the list of this dude's guest uh, when he was guest spotting and I got tattooed off him for my birthday. So I got this like samurai head by this dude, which again, like super thick outline, like very like American traditional meets like Japanese subject matter. So super into that. When I got the goldfish or the uh, the kite rather off of Horimomo, he was like, oh, a tattoo off Koji. He's like, very cool to be next to the same dude, you know. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, you know, again, like all these things have kind of converged for me in like a pretty organic way, which has been rad. Like I, I love the fact that 
most of the people that I've met in tattooing and, and, you know, it all comes from skating or from just like the, the type of shit I'm into. And it's not me like just banging down people's door or anything. Like it's literally like, Oh, you know, this person, well, you should meet this person. You blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, when I moved here, same thing that dude will reach out to me. He's like, Oh, how's Portland? Like you get any tattoos out there? And I was like, no, not yet. Like there's obviously some great shops here, but I haven't really like found my guy or girl or whoever I'm trying to get tattooed off of. I just, I don't have anything in mind. And he's like, oh, well, you should check out this dude, Jeff P. So he sends me his Instagram. You know, he's like, that dude's friends with all the Smith Street guys. Like, he used to live in Brooklyn. You should check him out. And I look at his Instagram, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is definitely up my alley again. Like, very Smith Street-esque, like, super bold colors, like, very fun subject matter. And I'm like, cool, I'll, yeah, let's go check this dude out. And he worked uh, at Artwork Rebels. At You know, at the time, it was at the old location on 23rd mm-hmm. before it fucking exploded, yeah. which, you know, RIP to all those dudes' pets and uh, fucking Jason's art collection. That was a real tragedy. I feel so bad for those dudes, but thankfully they reopened a beautiful shop. Mm-hmm. But yeah, went down there. As soon as I walked in, I didn't make the connection at first that it was AWR, like the graph crew or anything like that. But when I walked in and saw there's like Mike Giant artwork and a bunch of stuff, I'm like, oh shit, this dude, Jason Condell owns this store. And like, you know, this is same crew. Like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, this is, this shop's for me. Like these dudes are sick. And I meet this dude, Jeff, and, you know, tell him, obviously he sees my Smith Street tattoos and he's like, oh, you know those dudes, whatever, whatever. Hit it off with the dude immediately. So he's like, what do you want? And I was like, oh, like I just moved here like a few months ago, like, kind of missing New York. So I just got like a little two one two in like old English off of him on my, on my ankle. And, um, yeah, dude, you know, like we hit it off. Like, and right after finishing that one, he's like, yeah, that was fun. Like, do you want anything else? And I was like, actually, yeah, fuck it. Why not? So I got like these little cherries off of him, which was like, literally I picked him off the wall. And I think there was a girl in the shop at the time who was getting her first tattoo ever. So when she saw me like get a tattoo and then just be like, yeah, let's do another one and just pick something. She was like, whoa, really? And I was like, hon, look at me. Like I'm, I'm there already. Like I, what does it matter? What's, what's like some little cherries in the gap between two other tattoos going to change about my appearance? Um, so yeah, so I hit it off with Jeff like super well. And then I think maybe like a few months later he did this, uh, tattoo of a duck on me, this hooded merganser, which is one of my favorite types of ducks which I got, I don't know, I've, I started getting into uh, bird watching when I moved out here. So there's that. And that's probably one of the most recent tattoos I got. I mean, definitely one of the only ones I've gotten in Portland mm-hmm. besides um, our friend Craig's wife, Olivia, um, who's tattooed me a couple times. Like mm-hmm. she did this uh, Playboy little oh, yeah. uh, Femlin chick, which is like a comic strip that was in Playboy every month. There'd be like one of these little girls that's like wearing just stockings and, and gloves doing you know like in a pose or something and i thought this was like a cool way to get the playboy logo tattooed without just getting that and like working it into something yep and then she also just did this little picasso bird which i just like picasso and you know it's like the dove of peace which peace is fucking a good thing right so i don't know just like some random things i got but um actually i'm 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 realizing now looking at my legs that i'm like oh yeah i kind of glazed over like a couple of my best tattoos which are um so my wife, again, I had mentioned she's like pretty laced up, um, had full sleeves when I met her, like, you know, definitely like a pretty like badass, like kind of motorcycle rock and like rock and roll chick. 
that you know I had a huge crush on before we ever started dating. So like the fact that I was with her, I was like, damn, dude, like this, you know, I made it. Like I got the fucking lady for me. Like I'm, you know, I'm like the fucking badass I thought I was or whatever, you know, like <laughs> fucking dumb shit you tell yourself. <laughs> she was super good friends with this dude, Daniel Albrigo, which I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he is fucking incredible tattooer, incredible human being, like just talented on every level, like sculpts, plays music, like he is like constantly creating. I'm I'm pretty like blown away by this dude on a general level as as an artist and just as a person. He's a, he's a real sweet guy, and um she has pr- mostly all work by him, and it's amazing. So I'm like, damn, I should you know probably take advantage of the fact that my wife is friends with this like top notch tattooer, mm-hmm. and um I wasn't working retail anymore, but having spent so much time working in shops, I w- I remember. You know, I had talked about getting a tattoo kind of based off a graphic from that brand neighborhood. I remember they did a t-shirt a while ago with Zeke the Wolf, which is like the the big bad wolf from, you know, Warner Brothers cartoons. And it was this, it was a very particular image of him, like with a knife behind his back. And he was just like, got his foot out and like, I don't know, it it was just like this kind of, like I remember it, you know, really liking it as a t-shirt graphic and thinking it was gnarly. And that that company was onto something, picking these like very special like vignetted moments of a cartoon. And I knew that Daniel kind of could do anything like style wise. Like he kind of crushes it with like he was doing his own kind of geometric work at the time. But American traditional really, you know, like this guy is like a tattooer through and through. So I mentioned it to my wife and she's like, oh, yeah, this is yeah, that, Daniel would probably love to do that. So I find the image of Zeke the wolf getting with the knife behind his back. And I bring it to Daniel and he's like, yeah, this is cool, man. Like super sick, you know? And I think I brought him a joint as like a little like peace offering beforehand, (laughs) which he was like, fuck yeah, dude. Like this is exactly what I'm doing after I fucking finish that set too. Like we hit it off super well. So yeah, so he did Zeke the Wolf on my shin and it's, you know, pretty perfect in terms of like a tattoo of like a Warner Brothers cartoon. So yeah, he had done that. And then like a few years later, I got him to do this Garfield smoking a dube, which I actually drew. And he like adjusted a bit. Like I remember I brought him the drawing because I I told him about it and he was like, well, he's like, well, I don't know how to draw that from scratch. He's like, I just copy them from like original poses. So he's like, if you want him like doing a thing you want to do, like you draw it, like you know how to draw it. I'm like, okay, fuck it. So like (laughs) I took a stab at drawing Garfield, like, you know, kind of leaning up against the wall, like holding a J. And I remember being like, all right, I I nailed it. Like it's just, yeah, it's pretty much looks like what it's supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. And I brought it to Daniel and he's like, all right, let me just fix something. And he like traces it, but then he like fully straightened the leg. And I was like, oh wow, that was like totally cockeyed. Like, (laughs) you know, like things you don't realize because you're too close to it and shit. But yeah, so Daniel did these two and and like definitely a dude I would like to get tattoos off of again. He's super light-handed, incredible person, like just always a good experience. So, So yeah, Daniel... That definitely started to get me more hooked on like fine line gray, black and gray stuff. Again, going back to my man, Willie Brown, who one summer was visiting and again was getting better at tattooing, gave me this little Lion of Judah, which was like a riff on another graphic from the Picture Machine uh, flashbook, which, you know, I've always been pretty into reggae, but like definitely was like, you know, really diving into it at that point in my life. And you know, I mean, I'm not going to fucking claim that I'm a Rastafarian or anything like that, but like a cartoon version of the Lion and the Judah and like some I and I shit, like, yeah, why not? So he found a, this cartoon lion and gave him like the Selassie crown and the little cross with the, the ribbon and stuff and put the jaw flag in there. And like, so whatever, that's my little like fucking 
you know, Rasta vibes tattoo that I got. But Will had just gotten uh, gone to England to visit some friends and had just gotten tattooed off of this dude, Oliver McIntosh, who, again, like legendary fucking black and gray tattooer. And he'd gotten just like this little rose on his collarbone, which I now have the same. I mean, I'm sure Oliver's given like fucking 10,000 of these things at this point. Like he's known for like a, a bunch of stuff. I mean, he's just known as an amazing tattooer, I think. But definitely a, a, he was having a moment where he was doing these like just like one stem roses and stuff. And I thought that was so sick. So a couple, a few summers ago before I lived, I don't know, this must have been like 2014, I want to say. I was on going to go to Europe for a work trip. I was working for Converse at the time. So I got, you know, flown out to London and Berlin um, for free. So I'm like, yo, I'm in London. Like, I'm going to go fucking hang out with the fucking skate homies that I know out here and connect with them. Actually, well, circling back, I, I went to Berlin first on this work trip, mm-hmm. which was a super fun trip. I had never been to Germany. Berlin is fucking sick if you haven't been there. Didn't find any tattoo shops in Berlin that I was like wanted to get tattooed off there. So I didn't do it. But I had made an appointment with Oliver like from New York, like knowing that I was going there. And when I was in Berlin, it happened to be like a big trade show week for skate shit. Because, again, I worked for cons at the time. So I was doing designing uh, T-shirts for the skate side of things, Mm -hmm. which they were just kicking off. Um, So we were there for like Bright and like Bread and Butter and those types of of big trade shows. And, you know, there was a ton of skate people in town. And I ran into uh, my buddy Lev and Stuart, who are, you know, some of the guys that do Palace now. You know, and I had only met them like a couple years before, but those dudes are lovely. And we had all hit it off based on my friend Ben, who, you know, was part of that crew that I was neighbors with. So I run into them at a party in Berlin and we fucking be like, yo, I haven't seen you in a minute, whatever, whatever. Everyone's homies like this is like just good vibe central. And I was like, yo, guys, I'm going to be in London in like two days. So like, let's kick it again when I'm over there. And they're like, yeah, perfect. Like, let's do this. And we have this fucking crazy party night where we went to like, like a party that like Virgil DJed like in some fucking psycho nightclub in Berlin somewhere. Like we were like painting graffiti all night and like just smoking weed and like up till fucking 8 a.m. or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. And at some point in the night, I mentioned to them that I was getting tattooed by Ollie Mack and they're like, oh, Ollie Mack, like, mate, like that's, that's the one. Like, and they're like showing me their tattoos that they got from him and stuff. Like, they're like, oh, like, dude, just tell him you're friends with us. Like get a fucking PWBC tattoo, all this shit. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, like I'm not like in your, I mean, you know, whatever. I love those dudes and all due respect, but like, I'm not going to pretend like I'm part of that. So I I wasn't going to like take my friends like drunken words into heart and like go and get like a crew tat of dudes who are friends from like their childhood and shit. But, you know, still stoked that I, again, have this like connection to this dude. So when I meet him, it's probably going to flow over like way easier. And sure enough, like a few days later, I get to London, go to my tattoo appointment and like meet him, tell him I'm friends with yada yada. And right out the gate, dude is like totally lovely, like fucking super funny dude, like very snarky. Like again, like the kind of asshole that you want to you want to like the person you want to get to know, like what's behind all the fucking the sass. Because like he's a very intelligent guy, like he's super well spoken and like, you know, you can just tell he's like a person who knows what he likes Mm -hmm. and his art shows for it. He's very like detail oriented kind of guy. And he just kind of does what he does. So I was like, yo, I want a rose like my homie Will. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure, fucking whatever. <laughs> Literally, I think he drew it in like three minutes. Like he, he, <laughs> he, it, he, and he drew it directly on me. Like 
with one hand, one hand on his hip, like yeah. like a fucking painter, like the most casual, like you know, again, as somebody who also does design and art, like I definitely was like, holy fuck, dude, this guy's got drawing chops, like it ain't no thing, like yeah. you know, it's impressive when you see somebody who's just got their craft so honed that it's like right out the gate. So he just you know whips this little thing onto me with some pen real quick, and he's like like that, and I'm like yeah like that and uh you know get to it and you know it's right on my collarbone so i'm expecting this is gonna suck no matter what how however light-handed you are and it was dude it was fucking painless man like it was one of the mellowest tattoos i've ever gotten we hit it off super well dude was lovely and so i was like all right dude if i ever come back to london anytime soon like i'm gonna keep getting tattooed off of this dude and sure enough because of work i kept getting sent there for different reasons so like a year later i went back and I got this scorpion off of him. Or no, actually, that was a couple years later. I went I went to London with my wife for a, a buddy of ours who had moved there's wedding. You know, made an appointment with Oliver, got the scorpion, and was like, fuck yeah, this is, you know, kind of matchy-matchy. I got both, both of my collarbones done by him. And then I've since seen him one more time because um, I got to go there again for work and, like, made a point of it to make an appointment. And he did this butterfly on me, oh, um, like, a little over a year ago. And yeah, again, like, dude, these tattoos take like an hour, maybe, maybe like he (laughs) fucking whips these things out. They don't hurt. He's hooked it up for like, dude, the last one, I think I paid like 40 pounds for or something. It was so cheap. Like I I, like felt bad. I I think I gave him 80 just because I was like, nah, dude, like you're incredible. Like we're good. But yeah, man, like definitely, you know, um, between that and then I've since gone back to Japan a couple times, so I've gone back to that Horimomo dude. Like he did this dice on me a couple years ago well, I was gonna when ask my you, wife went back. But the coloring, how how did it feel? Oh, so yeah, so the Tabori, I mean, definitely a obviously a very different feeling than getting like a regular rotary or or a coil machine tattoo. You know, it's quiet. It's not you don't have electricity like in your right, ear yeah. or just that element of it taken away it, it kind of just sounds like it's like yeah <laughs> it's like a very strange kind of like little whispery noise so it's that's pretty peaceful aspect of it so you know so i'm just like lying on a table like having like a pretty chill conversation with this dude i can definitely say having now been tattooed with tabori three times it's either it's mellow like I, you know, it, it definitely technically hurts less than a machine, I think on the general side of it, mm-hmm. but it takes longer. So it's like the kind of give uh-huh. and take of like, do you want it to feel less painful? Like as the time goes, but it's, you're going to be there for a long time or do you want to just fucking and like grind through it? Yeah. I definitely think it's sick and I, you know, kind of wish I could only get work like this because it comes out so good. I mean, I have this little dye on my wrist mm-hmm. that, you know, it's like bright white and I'm the fucking pale ass white man. So like, <laughs> this is definitely like, you know, it says something if you can make white stand out on a white dude. Like, so I did finally get tattooed off of Regino Gonzalez who works at Invisible, mm-hmm. who is, you know, easily a super respected tattooer. I think anyone who knows what's up and knows about this dude knows that he's like fucking the goat amazing painter i mean he's a professor at sva like he's a, just an all-around awesome dude when i was getting tattooed by kiku and you know laying on my stomach to get my calf done my head was like right next to rg's table so i ended up talking to rg most of the time while getting the first tattoo and we hit it off super good just on the strength of mutual friends and skate shit and he was like well, hey man well you know next time you got to come to me and i was like if this dude's like asking me to get tattooed off of him like 
yeah, I'm taking that appointment, you know, like, like he's definitely a busy dude who mostly does huge, incredible back pieces. So for him to take the time to do like a one and done for me, like, yeah, let's go. Mm-hmm. So I had asked him to do uh, like his take on a tiger shark, which initially I had planned to literally be like, like a fist size tattoo. Like I wanted it like just going that way. And I was planning to leave like, you know, my shin kind of open. Mm-hmm. But the day of the appointment, I show up and he's like, so what do you think of this? And, the, you know, he busts out this fucking incredible drawing. and It's much bigger than I thought. And I was like, oh, dude, like I, I mean, it's beautiful. But I was thinking like, you know, like half the size. And he's like, well, I'm not going to charge you anymore for it. And I'm just like, okay, <laughs> you know, like you don't really argue with this dude. Like yeah. it is what it is. So we fucking sit down and next thing I know, I have this fucking massive shark on my shin. Initially, so we, and this one ended up taking two sittings, which I have, most of my tattoos have been like, like a one and done deal. And uh, he just did all the black uh, in one sitting. And then he was like, I'm just not sure what I want to do with the color scheme yet. So like, if you don't mind, like, give me like a week or two to just to like play with it and, and come back. And you know, once it, once the first layer heals and then we'll, we'll finish it up. And I'm like, all right, bet. So does this, this fucking gnarly tiger shark on me and i'm like damn dude my whole leg is tattooed now like this shit is you know he went for it and then i show up for the follow-up appointment and he's like how do you feel about yellow and green and i was like well i I really like this yellow flower on my forearm so like yellow looks good in my skin like yeah whatever you think dude yeah man he just like went to town and i think to this day like assuming i'm wearing shorts whenever i go into a tattoo shop that's the one especially that other tattooers that are like yo who did that like unequivocally like it's always like i think most tattooers that are like into tattooing because it's very much like a tattooer's tattoo if that makes any sense or you know like like dudes who are into the the craft of that and see the kind of tricks he did or the details that are in it like it's it hits them on those levels and yeah yeah, i'm I'm, i love it it's sick Yeah, man, but that's kind of, I think that's everything. I mean, I still have obviously like a ton of room on my torso Mm -hmm. and my back is is a blank canvas. Um, I have it kind of, I kind of want to save it for my homie Will, honestly, which I mentioned to him and he was like, oh, fuck, mate. Like, (laughs) don't do it to me. Like, he's like, give it to somebody else. Um, But, you know, I I mean, he's getting so good and, you know, I mean, fuck, the dude has gotten a job at five points. I mean, he works for Chris Garver, like, which I know for him is like a dream come true and, you know, I've seen some of the back pieces he's starting to do now and they're pretty rad. So I don't know. I might need to just get like a big ass snake or something like, I don't know. I've had some ideas of what I'd want that to be. Like I remember proposing to the Smith street dudes about doing like a, like all four of them, like tag teaming my back to Mm -hmm. do like a big, a naval battle scene, like in New York Harbor with like the statue of Liberty as the centerpiece. And they were like, yeah, it sounds cool. But like, I don't know. I think they, they're surely, I think this was probably around the time that their New York times article came out. So they were just fucking slammed. And like, I think, you know, prices were getting pretty crazy with those dudes. And again, I'm not, I don't mean that to be like spiteful or anything. They fully deserve all the accolades that they've gotten. They're incredible artists, but you know, it just didn't seem like achievable at the time. And I I wasn't ready to drop like 10 G's on my back at the time or whatever it was going to cost me. So yeah, I've just been kind of putting it off to, whenever like i get to it but my buddy will is definitely somebody that i'm hopefully saving it for or maybe fuck maybe i need to go back to rg because he's like 
you know, definitely the God when it comes to large snakes and, and back pieces and stuff. And I wanted to save to do my chest with my buddy Dan Kleiman, who I still haven't gotten tattooed off of, but a good friend of mine from Canada who lives in Montreal has also become a really great tattooer and like does dope American traditional. He works at this shop called Bait and Schlang that is beautiful shop, super cool dudes that work there. And like, yeah, just somehow every time I've gone to visit him, we just party and don't make time to sit around and get tattooed by him, which I'm blowing it. But yeah, dude, that's tight. That's all my shit right now. Um, fingers. Actually. Oh yeah. Fingers. That's those are, those kind of popped up in the middle. So I did have, yeah, I guess I glazed over a couple small ones. Um, Gons too. Yeah. On shoulder. So I got the gun. I have a Gons tattoo, one of his little schmoo birds on my shoulder mm-hmm. and these two small tattoos on my fingers an anchor and an Eiffel tower. The anchor and the Gons tattoo are homie tats with my old roommate Jeremy and then my buddy Rob. I don't know. We were all super into the Crooked video at the time. And, and, you know, Gons is fucking kind of the godfather to us all as far as street skaters go. And, like, I mean, the, the dude kind of, like, invented what I do, like, on all fronts, like, being an artist that, you know, does clothing design and is a pro. I mean, I was never a pro skater, but is a skater and all that shit. Like, he, you know, the dude kind of is that he he invented that and i loved the the schmoo like i love the schmoo cartoon that he is like riffing on from hanna-barbera and i thought the birds were cool so me and my old roommate and my buddy rob all got the little schmoo bird tattooed on different spots but actually good story behind that one is so my buddy jeremy who it was roommates with at the time and shout out to that dude. Cause he really put me on in New York and like got me my f- job at a New York thing and then union and Stussy and, you know, really like kind of plugged me into a lot of community people that have ended up like getting me to the point that I'm at now. He fucking lied to Chuck Donahue that Gons, I think Gons had just gotten hit by a car. Like that actually happened. And you know, it wasn't a serious accident or something, but he got pretty banged up and like maybe spent a night in the hospital or something. And Jeremy fucking lied to this tattooer dude and told him that we were like close with the guns and that we wanted to get like get well soon tattoos. And he was like, oh, dude, really? Like, I'll do them for free. So he fucking he like weaseled us into getting these fucking uh, these guns tattoos. And while we were doing that, I was like, yo, dude, I've wanted to get an Eiffel Tower on my finger. I just thought that would be like neat because I'm French or whatever. This is I think this was way before the, the the rooster one. And Chuck was like, yeah, like I'll, yeah, fuck it. Like I'll, I'll, let me draw that real quick and I'll, I'll knock it out too. Like I'll charge you like 20 bucks just like for the price of the, the needles that I need to put in my machine for it. And I was like, yeah, done. So he draws up like, you know, the most simplified version of an Eiffel Tower to fit on my knuckle without it turning into like a blob, you know, cause again, this is not dudes like Dr. Wu who are doing like crazy little detailed tattoos that I have no idea what they will look like in 10 years. So we, we really tried to like, take it down to the essence and I remember after I got this I was uh I was interning at the time because I'd, I'd stopped working retail and I was like interning for this clothing company I was in the elevator on my way to work and it was fresh so it was like bright black you know and some guy in the elevator t- looks at me I'm holding my skateboard and he's like hey man do you shred and I'm like yeah fuck yeah I do man he's like yeah what kind of axe you got and I'm like axe he's like yeah dude fucking guitar and I was like excuse me like what are you talking about he's like on your finger flying v right and i was like oh no dude like i mean that's sick that you think that but like no no it's a it's the eiffel tower and he's like oh 
well, that's cool. Yeah. Like, and just like gets off the <laughs> elevator and like whatever. But, but yeah, like super, just like, I, I thought that was a fucking hysterical. And it was just like, nah, man, like it's not a guitar. <laughs> not a flying V guitar. Nope. No. As much as I, there probably was a time in my life where I probably wanted that pretty yeah. bad. Cause that's fucking sick looking guitar. Yeah, man. Fucking. Well, on the, on the note of the flying V guitar, uh, at the end of mm-hmm. every show, I always ask my guests, hypothetically, you're a professional boxer and uh-huh. you're coming out to a fight. What is your entrance song, your fight song? Fuck, man. I mean, I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover. So, uh, I don't know. I remember I had a friend who always told me that the, this Hall & Oates song reminded me of them. Uh, you know, the, the You Make My Dreams Come True song. <laughs> yeah, of course. Because my homie used to DJ at this uh, this bar we used to go to, and he would play it all the time amongst his, like, regular playlist that I would just fucking go ape shit to and, <laughs> you know, dance with any girl in the house that would have it. And, yeah, this 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 one homegirl of mine always told me that that song reminded me of her. So I guess let's go Hall yeah, Notes. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much, Bosco. I really appreciate it, brother. Dude, it was a pleasure. Super Thank fun you. to talk about. And, uh, yeah, thanks for doing this. Thank you. Take it easy.